It wasn't the way we were hoping to end our season, but it's about time that we talk about ASU's loss to Arizona on this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. You are Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Summables Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. As always, thanks so much for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. Wherever you're getting your podcast, hit like, subscribe, and turn on notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content. Of course, you can stay in touch with that content by following me on Twitter. You can find me at RichieBrads36 and the podcast as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off of your first purchase. All right. It's uh, it's not the episode I wanted it to be, but it's the episode it has to be. ASU lost the Territorial Cup. It was the first time that they have lost back-to-back years since 2008-2009. Not only was it a loss, but it was a pretty big loss. Arizona State was, for all intents and purposes, blown out 59-23 to in this game. At halftime, it was 38-7. to And it felt like ASU was going to get absolutely trounced to the point where a lot of people were saying, oh, this is payback for 70-7. to And there was a little bit of that fear. But ultimately, I don't I don't know if U of A let off the gas per se, but I definitely think that they slowed down. And I'm not saying that ASU forced them to slow down. Don't get me wrong. That's, that's not what I'm saying. But I do think that they definitely slowed down at some point in this game. And Arizona State, in turn, started to wake up a little bit. And they got some good things going in the second half of this game. They scored twice. They converted both of their two-point attempts to get to 23 points, which, for what it's worth, I feel like is, quote-unquote, respectable here because you just really were not doing anything otherwise. There's good to take away from this game. There's bad to take away. There's takeaways to go through. That's what we're going to do, and we're going to start with the good Always, always the best thing to start with the good that happened in the game, especially when it's a loss to your rival. Look, there's there are good things to take from this game. And I think it starts with your run game. And it felt like Arizona State was doing a lot of really good things when it came to running the football. The box score shows it. They had 224 rushing yards on 42 carries. So well over the five yard mark, probably around five and a half if. I can do math off the top of my head. It's right around that ballpark. Two touchdowns, including an opening drive rushing touchdown by Jalen Conyers. They did a lot of good things. DeCarlos Brooks was back in the fold, and you could tell. Six carries, 39 yards. He's just a difference maker when he's on the field. The problem is he's barely been on the field this year. But you could tell that his presence was a difference maker. Cameron Scadaboo had a good day, 17 carries for 108 yards. He was getting some stuff going. Really happy with the way that 
they continue to rely on Scadaboo to be the heart and soul of this offense. Love that they were getting Jalen Conyers involved and doing their Hellcat package, which is what they dubbed that when Jalen Conyers is taking the snaps. I thought they did a lot of things well in the run game. Now, part of the problem was the passing game was so we can call it as it is. It was bad. It was a bad passing attack. And it put so much pressure on the run game to have to step up. And I felt like they did. I felt like this run game really did step up. And they found a way to be productive when the rest of the team was not holding up their end of the bargain. Now, there were some moments in the passing game where you saw a little bit of bright spots. It really was on one play, but you take what you can get. And that was Troy O'Mary getting a ridiculous diving touchdown reception in the back of the end zone. Not only that, but he was being held on the play. So there was defensive pass interference. He absolutely lays out for this ball. Uh, Being 6'3 definitely helped him and having the wingspan definitely helped him. But nonetheless, I mean, it was a pretty solid throw from Jaden Rashada towards the back of the end zone. But Oh, Mary absolutely made the play happen. He's he's the the reason that it was able to work is he laid himself out there and did what needed to be done in order to keep up in this game. So that was one of the best parts of the game was that deep shot to Troy O'Mary. I thought they did a really good job there. Other than that, I feel like there's just not too much to really write home about that you felt like was very, very good. Uh, Travian Brown had a good day, uh, had an interception that he returned for 32 yards. Uh, very rude of Trey Brown in the postgame conference. They asked him if he felt like he was going to take it to the house. And he, he said something along the lines of, you know, I'm 22 years old. I don't have the speed that I used to. My, my brother, 22? And you're saying he's saying he's old, 22. Come on, Trey. I mean, I'm 28, almost 29. That doesn't make me feel better. I'm sure it doesn't make plenty of other people feel better. The football players in their 30s probably don't feel good about that. Some of the uh, the older generation, like my my parents' generation, that are in their mid to late 50s, I'm sure they don't like that either. Like, come on, Trey. You're just totally, totally making me feel old. So it was funny. Uh, he's he's a really good guy, man. Like, I've really enjoyed watching him this year. Outside of what we saw on the field, I did really like what we've seen all year. They didn't quit. They kept fighting. They played to the whistle. They played the full 60 minutes. They didn't let a big deficit discourage them from playing the football that they wanted to play. Yes, it's it's beating the same drum that we've been beating all year, but it's still noteworthy that even by the end of the year, these guys were still playing hard. They were still going out there. Like I, I know it's old to hear. Trust me, it's it's old for me to say it as much as I have. And unfortunately, we're not done talking about it for the offseason. But Bottom line, it it was good to see that the guys are still trying out there. 
it was definitely, in my opinion, probably the biggest bright spot from an otherwise not good game. I want to talk to you guys about our friends over at Game Time. Game Time, it look, when you're getting tickets at the last minute, you know how stressful that can be. And you shouldn't have to worry about it when you're getting tickets for the next big event, whether it's sports, music, comedy, theater, whatever. If you go and use Game Time, they have killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and the best price guarantee. They take the guesswork out of buying your tickets. Like I said, you can see the seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Those all-in prices means that you see the total up front, and you know you're getting a great deal without any hidden fees. You can get your tickets in seconds. It's just two simple taps. Game Time has tickets right up to the start of the event. And even an hour after it starts, it's the best place to find those last-minute seats. There's exclusive flash deals, sponsor deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And, of course, that game time guarantee means you're getting the best price no matter what. So if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time is going to credit you 110% of the difference. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On College for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Wherever you're getting those podcasts, hit like, subscribe, turn on notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sport stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Let's go ahead and get back into our conversation now. We're going to go ahead and take a look at the bad from this game. And unfortunately there's quite a bit of it. So let's just nosedive into this and we'll start with the defense got run over. They, there was very little to write home about that was positive from the defensive effort in this game, which is so uncharacteristic from what we've seen all year out of Brian Ward's unit they got carved up 619 total yards allowed 527 passing yards. That ended up being the U of A single game record for passing yards from Noah Fafita. 527 passing yards. 266 of it went to, uh, I, I practiced this before to make sure I got it, to tour. T. McMillan. My apologies. I I even practice and I can't remember. T. T. McMillan, T. Mac, whatever you want to call him, absolutely carved up the Sun Devils defense. I mean, he just was consistently finding open spots. Here's the thing. 11 catches, 57 yards. His long was 57. So he still had 10 catches for over 200 yards. He was consistently getting those 20 plus yard receptions. He was finding soft spots and for the big tall receiver he is at 6465 whatever it is he's just so good man. And there was no one that 
could stack up against him. You know, Roe Torrance can only do so much. And even then, Roe Torrance was definitely outmatched in this game by T-Mac. They were doing a lot of good things. The, the most frustrating part of this game was Jacob Cowing. Nine catches, 157 yards, and a touchdown. Coming into this game, he was like eight yards per reception. He ended this game darn near 20 yards per catch. He was killing you. And with no offense to Jacob Cowing, because he is an NFL receiver. Like, he's going to the next level. He's very quality. What I'm frustrated with is he, the whole year, was not the the big yards per reception guy. And he was in this game. That's where I'm frustrated. It's not Jacob Cowling slander at all. Very good. Very good player. They did pretty much whatever they wanted to in the passing game. Uh, T-Mac, I don't remember if I mentioned this, his 266 yards are also a single game record for U of A. So they set their passing yards and their receiving yards records in this game which also, if I'm not mistaken, are both Territorial Cup records. They did whatever they wanted. Like, the only thing that ASU really had going for it was they slowed down, quote-unquote, the run game, 25 carries for 92 yards. Yeah, it, it was not that, man. Like, they just did not need to run the football because they were doing so much through the air. So... Yes, it looks good on the box score, but for what it's worth, they also ran for two touchdowns. Like, you didn't get it done in any phase. There were no sacks in this game outside of the interception by uh, Trey Brown. It was one of the most forgettable days for the Sun Devils defense I can remember in the last several years. I felt like I was watching the defense that Eastern Michigan carved up. The difference was they did it on the ground, and Juve did it through the air. But that that was how I felt watching this game, was this defense that just couldn't stop a nosebleed, and no matter what they tried to do, whatever adjustments they tried to make, it just didn't work. That's what I saw in this game, was just ASU getting their ASS handed to them for 60 minutes. They also just did not get anything going in the passing game, and that's another one of the big, bummers in this game now for what it's worth and I am so adamant about this because I got really annoyed with the people saying Jaden Rashada sucks Jaden Rashada is not it blah 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 have we forgotten that he missed nine games consecutive nine consecutive games he is a true freshman prior to this game he had like 60 passing attempts in two games were you expecting him to come out and be Patrick Mahomes? Don't get me wrong. I was guilty of being excited, but I certainly was not expecting him to come out and light it up. We needed to have realistic expectations. And quite frankly, this is part of realistic expectations is understanding that he's probably going to come in and have a rough day. And he did. He did have a rough day. He was under 50% completion. He had two interceptions. He was under 100 passing yards. It was a bad day for all intents and purposes. There's no sugarcoating it. Yes, he had a couple solid throws, including the touchdown to Troy O'Mary. But as a whole, this was kind of a flush in and move on kind of game. Like, it's going to be very good teach tape. So you can look back at 
the things you did well and where you need to improve and all that. But as as a whole, this was definitely a game that Jaden Rashada is going to be looking forward to moving on from. It was not a good day through the air. And a huge part of that is because Elijah Badger was out in this game. Badger had missed the game because of a uh, pre-existing injury that he had against Oregon. They considered it non-serious, but nonetheless, uh, he ends up sitting out this game to end the year, make sure that he doesn't aggravate that injury, anything like that. And I'll go ahead and go on record and say this right now, because I know that there's going to be plenty of people that hate on Badger and say, oh, he didn't. He didn't put it all out there, and he didn't He didn't want to play for his team. That is so, so not true. You need to take care of yourself at the end of the day more than anybody else is going to look out for you. So you going out and saying, I'm not going to play this game because I don't want to seriously ruin any chances of or not ruin, uh, increase any chances of getting seriously injured. It's selfish on part of the fans. If you are part of that, part of that problem. So, you know, just putting it out there. I really hope that the people who watch this podcast are not a part of that problem because it, it is what it is. So back to the conversation. Um, Yeah, not having him out there was a big deal, and you could tell. Maybe things are a little different if he's out there, but at the same time, if he's not 100% healthy, I don't know how big of a difference he's truly making in this game, especially when Jaden Rashada was under constant duress in this game. He was sacked twice. I would be very curious what the pressure rate and the knockdowns for him was. It, It Nothing was going right for this offense. Certainly not the passing game. The defense was getting absolutely carved up. There was a lot wrong in this game. And the scoreboard shows it, man. Like 59-23, you were severely outgained. You committed two turnovers. You were giving up pressure. You you just couldn't do anything. So as a whole, this was definitely not a good game for the Sun Devils. A lot of really bad things to take a look back on, but that just means that there's plenty to build upon and get better moving forward. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide variety of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. One more time, wherever you get your podcast, hit like, subscribe, and turn on those notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content. A shout-out to my everydayers who are here every day, and a shout-out to the Locked On Sports Today 24-7 streaming channel. On YouTube, they cover the top stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows that cover every league, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, or hockey. So do me a favor and go subscribe to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube, the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming. All right, let's go ahead and wrap up the conversation here with some takeaways. And Let me preface it here. These are takeaways from the game. 
These are not takeaways from the season. These are takeaways from the game. All right. Now that that has been firmly established. First takeaway. Jaden Rashada is still a freshman. And there is a lot that he has to work on. That is not an insult. That is not me saying he's bad the way that other people are saying he's bad. Quite the contrary. I still really like Jaden Rashada, and I still think he's got a very bright future. But there's no denying that this was a bad game for Jaden Rashada. And we have seen some really high highs from Jaden Rashada, and we've seen some really low lows from Jaden Rashada this year. He misses nine games. He comes back in a very high-pressure situation, and he falters a little bit. It happens. It happens. And it's really unfortunate that so many people are going to hop on his back and, you know, start slandering him and stuff like that. Takeaway here. Yes, there's a lot to work on. He needs to absolutely get better in plenty of different areas. It's one of the big takeaways here is Rashada still has a lot to work on. He's got to improve on the touch passing. I think decision-making is probably something that he needs to work on, not even so much with where he's throwing the ball, but what he's doing in the pocket. Like, he was under duress for sure. There was a couple of times where he was stepping into pressure. He was only sacked twice, but he was knocked down quite a bit. And not all of it was on the fault of the offensive line. Yes, quite a bit of it was because they were just absolutely getting manhandled by guys like Taylor Upshaw and the rest of a very quality pass rush. But they they can't be the entirety of what was wrong in this game because Jaden Rashana definitely needs to work on the little things. And being a composed quarterback in the pocket is one of those things. So stepping into pressure is never going to go well for you. Uh, sometimes the running around was not great. Like there's a lot to work on here. Second biggest takeaway, not having Elijah Badger is a huge, huge deal for this team. We have seen exactly, exactly how important he is now that he missed this game. I mean, we saw week one when he wasn't out for the first half that ASU was very up and down. Like, yes, they had that big fourth down completion to Xavier Guillory for a touchdown. But other than that, you really start to see everything become a more well-oiled machine offensively when Elijah Badger was in the folds, no matter who was throwing the ball at quarterback. But you don't have him this week, and you don't have him when Jaden Rashad is coming back from injury. It's very clear and very obvious to what was going on. So not great. But now you understand the importance of Elijah Badger if you didn't understand it already. Third takeaway, defense still has work. It's not a perfect unit. It's a unit that has definitely played above everybody's expectations. Myself included, I did not think this was going to be a good defense this year. Yes, that was really, really high on the Brian Ward hire. That was documented. My favorite hire of the offseason. It was one of my favorite moves, period, that the Sun Devils made was hiring Brian Ward as their defensive coordinator. But I did not think that you were going to see this unit come out, be stingy, and the better of the two halves of this team. But 
there was clearly a lot of breakdowns that have got to improve. Play calling is part of that, right? It's not it's not just on the players. Brian Ward definitely did not have his best play calling day. But we also need the guys that are out there to be able to execute their jobs more. Jordan Clark said it himself, you know, the whole unit wasn't playing well. Like, yes, the the pass rush wasn't getting home, which makes it more difficult to cover. But Jordan Clark said so himself, like, you know, the pass rush isn't going to get home if the coverage isn't there. So it goes both ways. The pass rush wasn't there. The coverage wasn't there. And they got eaten up. Final takeaway. ASU, still competitive, but that only means so much. Because then you have games like this where you get absolutely pulverized. You know, you you can like moral victories all you want. I do not like moral victories. And especially in a rivalry game, there are no moral victories here. I can sit here and say, good job for playing a full 60 minutes, 100%. I love the guys giving that effort. But I'm not sitting here and handing out moral victories. And quite frankly, the players don't want moral victories. The coaches don't want moral victories. Nobody wants a moral victory. People want results. So there's there's a lot of room to improve on. And I love that the guys are given effort. That's the bottom line. I love that they're giving effort. Hopefully you start to see those turn into more returns to where you are turning it into wins, right? But it comes with time. And there's a lot of time for us to discuss everything that's going to be going on with the program from now all the way until next August, all the way until training camp, all the way until spring training and the, you know, the transfer portals coming up and signing day. There's a lot that's going to be happening for Sun Devils football. So I encourage you guys to hit that subscribe button, hit the like, hit the follow button, wherever you're getting your podcast for Locked on Sun Devils and turn on notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content. I appreciate you guys as always for making us your first listen of the day. And again, a shout out to my everydayers who are here every day. I really appreciate you guys. We're going to have a really fun off season, even coming off of back-to-back three-win years. We've got basketball going on too. There's plenty to talk about on Locked on Sun Devils. So I hope to see you guys next time. Till then, you keep it locked right here on Locked on Sun Devils.